You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, me, and this is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. Yo, today, I'm excited. We keep it on the theme of comics, independent creation, entrepreneurs. I mean, my man here is heavy. He got these dope books. He's an amazing illustrator, but he also is a publisher, Poor Man's Press. Let me introduce to you the one, the only, the multi-talented Oscar Romero. Wepa, what up, kiddo? How you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming out, my brother. I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for sending over that material because right before, you know, I was pre-gaming and, and checking out the, uh, your, your titles. And let me even say kudos, yo. As a Lovecraft fan, I was like hooked like a fish, bro. You got me. I, I was definitely there flopping around. Like, Whoa, I love this. <laughs> so great job. Yeah, man. He... On you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get into it, bro. Comic Crusades podcast, first thing I always need to know is the origin story of any uh, anyone creative here. So let us know, like, where you're OG from, you know, where you're at now, and, and a little bit about your, your upbringing and the, cult, and the pop culture influence. Yeah, well, I was uh, originally born in El Salvador, and uh, I was raised in, in California for most of my life. So that's why I, have a, I don't have a Spanish uh, accent. Um, but then... Um, yeah, I was raised in Sacramento, California, which I'm currently at right now. Um, and then I, uh, I got into comics at a young age, just like everybody else. Uh, kind of self. Who got you into it? It was self discovery. Okay, so when you say yeah. self discovery, did somebody take you, or, or were you just, you know, you were with mommy and poppy somewhere, or you someone, and you just saw a book on a rack? You're like, what's that? <laughs> you know, I don't even remember the first time I saw a comic. No? I just remember remember enjoying them. Um, it might have been somebody at school who had one. Um, and, uh, you know, cause we, I, I grew up with a single, single mom, I'm only child from single mom. So I had limited means, you know, my mom didn't have a whole lot of money to, to take me a lot of places. So anything I got, I either got from television, you know, it's pop culture wise anyways, from television or friends from school. Um, so yeah, but, um, I guess just like everybody else got it at a young age, started reading superhero comics. And, uh, even at school, we were playing those role-playing Marvel role-playing games with the little cards and the figures and, uh, and all that, but that's how I got into, into reading comics. Excellent, man. And did you find a tribe easily, you know, when, when you were growing up? Yeah, I did. Uh, around the sixth grade, I remember that's when I had my little group of friends who would play games and uh, read comics. Um, I, I was, even though I did find a common interest with people, I was pretty much a lot of times like a loner, you know. Um, mm. I was happy with friends and I was happy, you know, hanging up by myself. Either or you didn't give a crap, man. You could, you know how to entertain yourself. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's an important Excellent. thing, man. Uh, I, I, yeah, but we come, at least I come from that generation of the in between, you, know, uh, you know, playing outside, but then, you know, technology beginning to take over. So I'm really that in between. I know what it is to play outside, but then I saw the whole onset of shit and started learning only on how to, how to play with this. So don't let these white hairs fool you. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you start getting then the creative bug, if you will? Well, I've always been, uh, you know, like, like like all kids, you know, we, 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 we draw in school and, and some of us stay with it. And a lot of us just kind of, 
uh, you know, um, let it go for other interests. Um, so I've been drawing since I kind of remember as a kid. Uh, and in high, in, in elementary school, you know, copying my favorite comic books. In high school, I was into heavy into art. Uh, so I was creating all through my years in high school. And then after high school, you know, your interests change. So many people are here, the same thing. You know, uh, they, they get interested in girls, cars, something else pulls them away from their, uh, their interest in art. And I was the same way. Uh, and then um, after high school, I just well, went into I don't it. think it really necessarily <laughs> I, I want to say I don't think it necessarily pulls their interest away. It just pulls their money another way. <laughs> like, oh, man, yeah. is it date night and a possible something or am I going to buy a comic book? Ah, maybe I'll go, you know, men are we're gamblers, yo. You know, your priorities change as you as you go through life. Uh, and, you know, and so, yeah, it's like you get pulled, you know, you, yeah, your, your interests get, get different as you get older. And so um, I still no matter what I do, because after high school, I kind of floundered around and then I joined the Navy and uh, through oh, you throughout for your service, brother. Yeah, no problem. My, my pleasure. Um, you know, and art was always there. Art was always present. I would doodle. Even though I wasn't doing it professionally for money, I would doodle once in a while and people would say, hey, why don't you do this for, you know, uh, instead of being in here in the Navy, you know, just doing all this stuff. But um, but it's always been with me, you know. Excellent. Excellent. So here you are, you know, you, you, you're being a creative. When did you take the step now to say, OK, I want to make this now really something? When, was there a particular moment in time that that happened where you said, I want to do this forever? Well, after, after the, uh, the Navy, I, I, I kind of wandered around as a graphic designer. And I was on the uh, West Coast in San Diego. Um, and then from California, I went to the East Coast. So I lived in, uh, in New Jersey for a while in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, oh, Hoboken, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm already playing in New Jersey. I love you too. <laughs> the home of uh, was it home of baseball and uh, and Frank Sinatra? I think it was. But uh, baseball. But anyways, oh. uh, yeah. Like there's this one corner on in Hoboken, and each corner has like a a, a baseball a base. You know, one corner has a home base. The other ones have first, second, third, and all that. But okay, I guess they got they got close ties to baseball. But, but anyways, yeah, I went to, to, to New York and I worked in uh, Southern uh, uh, Lower Manhattan. Uh, I was a stockbroker there for a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I, I do oh, miss the East bro, Coast. What era? Now. Wait a minute, oh, what man. era, bro? Because I was messing out there doing the stock stuff back in the early nineties. You know, uh, I, I was... mid nineties and above, right before the two thousand. But if you ever saw the movie Boiler Room, that was my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I you did too? that. Yeah, um, oh, so I was crazy, I was there not 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 in the same time, but around uh, 20, 2009, 2010. Okay, around okay, that. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but then after that, I joined the Coast Guard in twenty ten. Um, did about four and a oh, half wow, years so you there. You keep on a career. Wait a minute. So you do Navy, you get out, live a little, and then you. you what made you want to go back to, to you know to serve the country at least on that aspect now? Uh, you know, uh, I needed a job. I needed to get, I needed to uh, support uh, my family. I need to pay the bills, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but, uh, you know, it's a great experience, a different experience from the Navy. Uh, I really appreciate the Coast Guard. So I did four and a half years there. And then after that, I, was, I, I said, you know what? I want to pursue art more seriously. I want to take that more seriously. And so 2014, I got out. Mm. And then uh, we came back to uh, California and just messed around, started to do more painting, um, hooked up with my, my classical uh, realism uh, teacher in Oakland. So we were living in, in, in the Bay Area and I studied art in Oakland. Uh, and then after a while, we, uh, wow. we went to uh, live in France for about a year and a half. Um, just to Where's just to explore. France? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What so that was you cool. went to one of the most beautiful, you know, places that yeah. are rich, that have a rich art history. So I'm pretty sure you were eating that up. Your brain must have been like a sponge, you know? Yeah, it was pretty nice. I, I and it's an eye opener too because we get caught up in this uh, bubble living in in, the, in America because it's America's big, man, and it's we, yeah. we get in this bubble. We don't know really what's going outside of it. We're just so caught up in ourselves. But uh, to go to go out of that bubble, it, it's an eye opener. Um, but, um, you know, in a positive long. fashion. Yeah. Yeah. In a very positive okay. fashion. Um, <laughs> okay. I wanna make sure. but, Don't scare me, but I want to go to France too. <laughs> no, oh, I, who's this yeah, Latino I, here? What, what's he doing here? Hey, hey man, I stood out. <laughs> I, I stood out for sure. I stood out for sure. Uh, but anyways, long story short, you know, we came back to, to, to the States after that. And then COVID hit and, um, I, I couldn't, I didn't have a lot of time to paint. Because uh, the kids were home, I was homeschooling them, and you know uh, they were getting into the paints and everything. So I tried uh, uh, playing with pen and ink because it's easier to set up and break down, and I can work quickly. And then I started watching a lot of videos because I all I had was time during the shutdowns, uh, you know. And then I, I started watching videos on comics. Uh, a big channel is Cartoonist Kayfabe was a big influence on. Oh me yeah, did... I interviewed Ed. Ed. I, I I love Ed. Yeah. Yo. He's, he's, yeah, he's a boss, so. I mean, anybody can match their enthusiasm for the pop culture. It's it's definitely you, you know, because you guys got that 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 passion, you know. Um, but but you know, after that, you know, so I was like, well, you know, this is great. They're look, they're taking deep dives into Wizard magazine and then uh, into <laughs> the comic artists and not just their artwork, but what what fueled their artwork, you know, what uh, what drove the artists themselves, you know. So after that, uh, I was like, well. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's the OG number one, my number one oh, that I man. bought at the shop. Yeah, man, that's I just big part of my childhood is uh, Wizard magazine. Yeah, you but, and me both. Uh, I mean, not my childhood, know, my teenage years. That was a manga song, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, I'm, I'm the same way too, uh, same age, uh, around the same time. But uh, but yeah, you know, after that, I was like, you know, why don't I make my own? And then um, I I. I I never considered myself a writer, so the, the day I decided to make my own comic, I remembered a story I had read, and it was an anthology. It was in an anthology, a horror anthology, and it stuck out. It's that one story that stuck out to me, and it's called The Love Dead, and that became the first issue I published. Uh, but that's kind of how I came about to uh, about you know my interest in making comics. You mean you mean this one right here? That's the one. <laughs> it, it look at that cover. Say, you know, so so speak to me on, on this. And, you know, because you, you sent a couple of them to look at this, folks. I am a fan of, of this type of look. I mean, as much as I love color, you, know, you give me like this black and white or these type of use of the gray blacks in all your 
you the masterful work here. I mean, look at this, yo. And obviously, it's like you were really capturing the story. And so explain the process here of how you took that story and then developed it in your mind and artistically. Yeah. So since I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have an original story to tell. I, I, I wanted to adapt this short story because it really struck a chord with me. I really connected with it. It stood, uh, stayed with me even years after I read it. I had to go back and find the book. I was like, I got to do this story. So mm-hmm. I did the first page here. And, um, and then I, I, I thought to myself, well, I better find out who owns the copyright before I get in trouble and start, you know, getting lawsuits. Oh, so you started this even without asking first. You're like, wait, only after yeah. you got where you were so excited. You say, wait a minute. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Because I already had it said in my mind that I'm going to do this. I have this story. Okay. I have this, these images in my head, like the way I wanted to do it. I'm going to do it. And so I did this first page here. And so I, I researched the copyright holder and it's, the grandson of the author, right? He owns a copyright. So they stayed in the family. Yeah, yeah. And so the grandson had opened up a publishing house called Phenom Publishing and for the sole purpose of continuing to publish his grandfather's work, you know, keeping his grandfather's works in publication. The legacy alive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I really thought that was a noble noble idea to do that, you know. Um, So... I contacted him. I sent him an email with this picture and I told him what I was looking to do. And he was very enthusiastic. He's like, you know, yes, let's go for it. You know, I want, like, where I, you I been love... all my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was said, you know, I'd love to see my grandfather's work in another medium. And, and so I said, well, can I, can I adapt about four or five of these stories, short stories? And so he was good with that too. So we hammered out an agreement and I went to work on the first issue here. Amazing, yo. And so tell yeah. me how what what mental space did you get into when you you know uh when you were creating the art behind these words? Because now again, you know, this is an old story and, right. and you're doing it on a different medium. So what type of mindset did you have to get yourself into? And you know, how how did these images pop into your head? Uh a lot of it was on the second reading, because the first time I read it was just for discovery and enjoyment. And then the, the second time I read it, it was with the intention of, you know, um, kind of capturing the images, the impressions I got in my head from reading the book. And so I would read the passage. I photocopied it. I would read the passages and then I would mark instinctively where I thought, oh, this is page one. This is going to be page two. This is going to be page three and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, I read it again. I went over it again cutting down, you know, the, the, uh, the, the dialogue kind of editing, okay. you know, what, what, uh, if that, if I had too many pages, if it was like 32, maybe I want to make it shorter so I can see where I can cut down without okay. losing the, the essence of the story. Without compromising right? it. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. 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 So that's how I pretty much worked. I highlighted the things that were going to be in the, in each story, in each page. Ooh. Uh, but this story, and I wouldn't recommend any anybody's to do this on their first comic book because this story is. <laughs> I love this. Like, Don't do this. Jeez, wait a minute. Yeah. Why? Why you scaring me, bro? What happened? Well, because this story is basically is the it's a taboo topic. It was a taboo topic back then in the 1920s, and it still is kind of and a it taboo still topic. Is. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a sick read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really kind of yeah. Because you know, I found I'm like, all right, uh-huh. 
homie enfermo. He, he, I mean, when you, we are, folks, the love dead, I really want you to think, because they're telling you right there the title. <laughs> like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, and, you know, that's a great title, by the way. First of all, yeah. uh, you know, that really catches your attention. But, you yeah, know. Um, you said it was supposed to be the beloved, you know, right? And they changed it. Um, did I? I don't remember if it was, was something beloved. Like that. I think it was beloved or something like that. But it, it wasn't definitely this. It was something hmm. else. But um, Before they named but, it the Love Dead. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. So anyways, the topic is uh, necrophilia. So so for anybody who's not familiar, you just go ahead and look it up. I'm not going to go over it with you here. But uh, um, naughty things, people. Very naughty. All right. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, here I am. I'm a, I'm a completely unknown creator, especially in the you know the comics industry. So I'm out here at conventions trying to sell people on this new comic from an unknown creator on necrophilia that has to do with necrophilia. <laughs> uh, love, damn. How, how do you sell that? You know, how do you how do you, you are coming that? in hot from the beginning? Like, holy shit, guy, what what? what? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I tell people that, and then I also follow it up with, you know, what, this was written in the 1920s, right? So it has 1920s sensibilities, you know, and a lot of this, what I like about the story is that it's, he, C.M. Eddie Jr. is kind of like a, a pulp author. He's a pulp, he's known for being a pulp author, right? So it's, it's not up to the level of horror or gore that we have today, you know? Yeah. So this is 1920 sensibilities. Keep that in mind where it's, uh, it's less, it's m- more tame. And the story has to do more with like the, what's going on internally with the character, you know, yeah. uh, as opposed to what he does outside of it, you know. And, w- and which is good because, you know, at times that's what you need. You need to understand the motives of the character. Who is the character? You, you know, this really delves into who the character is and then your artistic approach, you know, to, to his gruesomeness, if you will, you know, not gory, but you know, like still creepy enough. You're like, wow, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something wrong with homie. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely tell something's wrong. And then um but during the making of it, you know, I do I listen to some music and sometimes I do listen to nothing, just silence. It's good to have silence. Um and there's this uh podcast uh by Mick Garris. He was the director of Cr- Critters and he did The Last Stand, the T V okay. series he directed The Last Stand. Yes. Um okay. And that podcast is post-mortem and it's like he interviews writers, directors in the horror genre. And I really found out that a lot of directors and, and people in film have a connection to comics. Yeah. You know, and one of the direct, one of the directors, I think it was the director who, um, who um, directed the sequel to the shining uh, okay. Flanagan, I think his name was, he said, you know, they say really cool things because look, horror, horror is about love. You know, it's about compassion. It's about the, that's what horror was to him. So I'm getting all these influences as I'm hearing these directors talk and these filmmakers talk. Um, and then at the end of the story, at the end of the day for this story, to me, it was about how can someone's life, how could have someone's life been different if somebody got involved, you know, Ooh, in, in a positive yeah. way at an early age? Because without giving in a way, Anyway, uh, away anything on the story of the love dead is that you know a child grows up in a small town. He's kind of a pariah. He's looked down because of the sins of his family. Uh, so he doesn't As find a whole, with 
as a whole, they were all after people. <laughs> I was like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, he's a kid. Dude. You can't blame the kids for the people, what they did before, you know, before him. So, I know. Uh, a poor innocent been... child. I mean, how do you expect them to feel when they, when, you know, society is treating them in such a way? Yeah. So, yeah. And, you I, know, I see he... this as a mental health issue too. Cause it's like, damn, you know, this is the reflection or, or the consequences of not being shown love, you know, with, yeah. You know, at the end of the day. Exactly. And, um, you know, he, he, and, and so therefore he can't get a connection with humans. So he finds a connection with the dead. And so that grows oh, yeah. out of control. Yeah. In some crazy way. I mean, this it could easily be a nice, you know, little movie right here. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> I've seen so many things, you know, uh, that you could do with this. And, but uh, it, oh, actually, I want to see an animated horror. I think we need to see more animated horror films. I would love yeah. to see your art style in an animated horror film. That would be dope. That would be pretty cool. All right. I wouldn't, wouldn't would. mind that. And then you have another baby out because this is the first baby you had out, right? Right, right. Right? Then you have, oos, the better choice. Oh, man, this is another mind F. Man, thank you. Because you be giving me shit that just, this one, I'm like, oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I was digging out. I was like, damn, this is, this, this is on some Twilight Zone, you know, type crazy shit right here. I'm digging it. So explain to me why you chose this to be, you know, the, the next project you had worked on. Was so, it the next? Uh, the second, right? Yeah. Well, it's the second one I published, and you know, okay. I don't number, I don't number the issues, and that's intentionally because you can pick yeah, up any one. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a complete story, I love it. and so. Um, but the better choice, I liked it because it had to do with uh, with it's more of a suspense than horror, but it has to do with like uh, the afterlife. What we think is in the afterlife it has to do with yeah. um, with uh, uh, devotion to family is a big deal theme in this, um, and then also a man trying to control nature, science trying to control nature. Um, so those are the big three themes that I came away with it. And look at this artwork. Jeez, isn't that fire, folks? Talk about this. What headspace did you get into for this one? I mean, you know, for you to design the characters the way that you did and all. Yeah, you know, and a part of it is my trip to France because when I went to France, you, you know, you the farther east you go or away you go from like California, you go to the East Coast, you see a different yeah. environment, more history there. It's like, man. You know, this is great. There's more history. Look at this. Uh, these buildings have been here for so long. They've been important uh, events have happened here. Then you go to Europe and you're like, man, this is even older. You know, there's so many, so much here to explore. So, um, and that's when I discovered artists like uh, uh, Katie Kolwitz. Kolwitz. She's a German expressionist. So I really, she she does. She's very famous for her um, uh, prints and her sketches about. Um, um, like the the people who who have been oppressed, like the working class, right? So she was a okay. big supporter of the working class, right? Um, and um, so I try to channel that because her etchings are just uh, out of this world. She's just an amazing artist. So um, and I chose to do this in black and white because you know I think it goes well with uh, the horror and suspense. Yes, it does. Um, and uh, a lot of the stories, you know, they were written in the twenties, but I also wanted to include things that kind of have modern touches too. Cause if in this story, I started throwing in designs like a Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright designs. So mm. I wanted to, to be kind of like, you don't know, it's 
you can tell it's old, you know. Yeah. But you don't know when it is. I, I wanted to keep it ambiguous a little bit, you know. I'm digging. I mean, look at this, and you look at your panel work too. So, you know, how, how did you learn all this? Whether to do the panel work, you know, in, in building the in building the story, because you know you're an independent creator, right? So, yeah. and you didn't get you didn't go to school to learn how to make comics, right? So, what was that no. learning curve like? <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the things I like talking about the uh, at conventions is that I'm coming at this from I'm trained as a representational painter, you know, painter who paints realistically. Right. Yeah, on a way so, different level than most. <laughs> yeah. So coming to sequential art is a is a big, it's a different world. It's got different sets of rules, and um, I see it as okay. If I'm working on a canvas, I've got one composition. I've got I'm trying to tell one story here, and I come to that canvas every day. Each panel and this and like for example, this page takes the same amount of um, of uh, concentration and decision making that one canvas does, you know, because okay. they're all tied together, right? Uh, the canvases flow sequentially, so what happens in the, uh, the one panel is, you know, it's affected by what, what the two panels uh, before and after, right? Okay. So each panel has to be, you know, it takes a lot of effort to compose and say, uh, um, make sure you know what's going in and what. Uh, so it's like I'm painting. Each one is a complex composition, basically. You know, it takes a lot of effort. Right. And that's what I found out is comics is a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. Ain't easy. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. It, 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 are you doing this dolo? Do you have a team? I mean, how does this work for you? Because, I mean, I see you the illustrator and all. You're a publisher as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working, you know, with, 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 with Big Homie, too. So, um, is it a team? Is it all you? Like, how, how much time do you, you know do you put into any one project right now? Uh, I put in. I have little time as it is, so whatever I can just. Uh, Where daddies, bro, and the stuff that you do, <laughs> crap, bro. I can't imagine. I, you know, I'm trying. I'm just trying to keep my head up above water. Some days. Uh, I hear you. Because, don't worry, uh, but hopefully one day they're gonna allow us to make clones of ourselves. Um, <laughs> And let's see how that goes. Just keep them away from your spouse. That's all. <laughs> yeah, like that one Michael Keaton movie, Multiplicity. Oh my god, right? But they kept getting dumber, which is what was historical about that one. I dug it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but for this project, I mean, it's, it's, this is all me. I'm doing it all alone. Um, mm. I'm adapting, penciling, inking, uh, lettering. Wow. And, you know. It's wow. it's a lot of work. The first one was came pretty easy. Thank you. The Bro, first one came crazy work. Yeah, it is, man. And the first issue, I I, I was able to knock it out in a month and a half because I was just so amped and excited, and everything was right. Uh, second issue, life gets in the way, kids get sick, I get sick, everything kind of slows to a crawl. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, that you got yeah. sick during during the time, if you will. Well, I mean, just like a cold, not nothing serious, okay. you know, but. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Wow. Yeah, I get it, though. I mean, because in, in a family uh, home, uh, <laughs> it gets yeah. shared. Who's next? So when you're yeah. the last one standing, it's like, all right, guys, get ready, because you're going to take care of me. And I'm going yeah, yeah. to be a drama queen if you were, too. <laughs> <I don't> even... <laughs> it takes so long for me to get better, too. Like, at minimum, two weeks, I'm sick. I'm down. I don't know. 
Oh, you're down hard. Now, now me, but I tend to work even when I'm sick. I can't stop. And I, you know, my mom, I think that's why my metabolism probably burns out diseases so quickly. As soon as I, I can't stop, people tell me just lay down. I've, I think in my whole life, I've only been really knocked out twice by, by, by a cold. Like, okay, I can't get up. I can't function. Oh. <laughs> that only has happened to me twice in my whole life. And I, I mean, it's cause I, and it was always because I, I went to a, a damn, it was Jersey, Great Adventure yeah. the first time. And I went to that water park that they have by Great Adventure. You know, okay. and it was when it was new. Man, let me tell you, when I was on the way back home, I don't know what happened here. I was sweating, catching fevers, catching tunnel vision. <laughs> I could not get up for like a day. I'm like, never again, you nasty water park in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> never again. It almost killed yeah. Mega. Let me tell you. That's... And the other time was in uh in Massachusetts when I lived there. Just I don't know, but I got some type of cold. I, I, I was probably the first victim of COVID before COVID because I thought I was gonna die. Wow, man, Massachusetts. That's too bad. I like Massachusetts that. too. Yeah, it's great over there. It's nice. Uh, I, I miss the seasons because now I'm in Orlando, Florida, so we have one season hot. And, you know, if it gets to 50 degrees, you know, people are running around in jackets. Oh, it's so cold. Are you nuts? I'm in shorts and chanclas. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I hear you, man. You know, I'm glad to be back in California, but I do miss the seasons. I miss the East Coast, a lot of the East Coast. Um, and, you know, I lived in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, uh, you did? Sa- I, of course he yeah. do Salem. I mean, of course Oscar would live in Salem. Look at the, his books, folks. Of course he's going to choose Salem of all places. <laughs> I yeah, love and uh, was that? You know, oh wait, Oscar, talk to me though. Yeah, talk to me. Was that on purpose? Was was it no. for research? No, no, sir. That's I, I had. <laughs> that's my my first duty station in the Coast Guard was up in um, uh, Gloucester, Gloucester, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I so that's why I ended up in Salem. But uh, I love that little town, man. I had a we opened up a little clothing store too, you know, and had a little business there while I was really? up there. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at you, a nonstop entrepreneur. You're inspiring the shit out of me, Señor Romero. Wepa, I love it. This is great. That yeah, was fun. So I need to know, kiddo. I mean, you know, convention season is upon us once again. Right. Thank goodness. Uh, are yeah. you going to be making any appearances anywhere? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm leaving. I'm leaving in a couple days to San Diego uh, for the San Diego Comic Fest. Um, oh, what's this about? I never heard yeah. of that one. Talk to me. What's that? I didn't even know about it until a few months <laughs> ago. I, yeah, and so apparently it's a it's a it's a nice little intimate convention, and it's started by the the people who started the the, the big San Diego Comic Con, right? Oh, okay. So they, they're the original, taking it back to the roots. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good uh, summation of it. And they're, they're just like, you know what? Let's let's get back to when it was really about, you know, the the artists getting to know the, the artists, yeah. access access to the artists, you know. My brother, I miss those days because, you know, as an early fan that grew up in New York mm-hmm. before it was the, the, the whole hype of Hollywood. I mean, comic cons were comic cons, yeah. you know. Our, our creators, our comic book people were the celebrities. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was a good time. I remember the last one I went to in New York as a kid in the 90s is when Image just started. It was all oh, the Image man. rock stars on the table, man. Me, my boy cut the lines for me, and I'm just walking around. He goes, Al, come over here. I'm like, you weren't there. 
I'm like, if anyone says anything, I told them I'll smack the shit out of them. So don't you worry. Come in front of me. I'll say, what the? Yeah, I swear to God, I was probably online for 20 minutes. That's it. <laughs> Before I got to meet everybody. Really wow. Cool. Yeah. I don't but know. But that was when it was hype, when it was just comic creators. Now I do big shows and I've done so many. And it's true. It's like you, you celebrate Hollywood so much, but Hollywood doesn't care about this. It's they a want different to world now. It's a, they want it's to abuse you guys world. and not pay you. <laughs> That's what they want to do. That's, I hear a lot of that. And the most recent recent news I heard about that was the 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 writer artist who created Miss Marvel, I think, right? Because she's been coming up in the yeah a history, whole new right? series and all. Yeah, yeah he, he yeah. went on a whole spiel on social. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, man, that's that's a shame. But you know, he even said, look, I knew what I was getting into. Um, I knew that. But while you know, there should be something. There should be something that that says, you know, hey, creator, if this actually ever gets option, if this ever does something, because you have created this for us, we're gonna give you a bonus on that uh, on that day that that gets announced. How about that? How about that? Wouldn't you like to, like, if you did something OG for Marvel, at, at least that's a guarantee. If this makes it beyond a comic book form, I guarantee you. X amount of dollars, you know, on whatever term that we're going to reach, or at least X percentage on whatever term we reach. How about? Would you be happy with that as a creator? Uh, yeah, I would definitely be happy. Yeah, um, and tomorrow, you know, DC, do that. That's all you got to do. Promise people, because then you're going to get OG creations again. Finally, yeah. because I I hate seeing people wearing mantles of other people. I understand mantles are mantles, but at the same time, it's like damn. Me as a person as like a Latino, I don't want to wear the mantle of someone that wore it before me that wasn't of mine. Yeah, and yeah, uh, you know I what mean, I mean? It's, it's a big contention too because original. now we're coming out with you know we're we're having more inclusion and in, in diversity is a big thing in in comics, right? So so and I love it. With, yeah, I grew up in the eighties. I didn't see that, you know. And, no, and again, no. not, I, I didn't think about it either. I appreciated the heroes for their morals and their values, you know, not their yeah. color. But but exactly. but to be honest, when I get to see now sometimes people that do look like me in a book, I'm like, oh shit, this is fucking cool. <laughs> like I didn't realize. Like, uh, to be honest, when I saw Encanto, I got emotional. I was like, holy shit, a whole cartoon of Latinos. Holy yeah. man, yeah. like I felt emotional. You know, when yeah. I saw Miles Morales, Spider Verse, talking. In a Puerto Rican accent, I yeah. was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, they got Boricua right for a change. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was like, oh my goodness, well, that, what's going on here? That's a good point, and they did it. In my opinion, they did it right. It, it was a good, it was a good story. It was a really well put together production. Yes, you it know? was. So, but yeah. but you know, I was I'm so, in the same space as you are because growing up, I didn't. Uh, my biggest influence is look, man. I was big. I was watching Charles uh, Charles Bronson movies, uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, uh, me too. Me too. You know, I didn't have access. My to heroes, those, like, bro. I love Charles yeah. Bronson, bro. I mean, Charles yeah, I mean, Bronson was a dancer, bro. And, and, and then you see him in movies like Death Wish and shit. You're like, oh, word? Oh, <laughs> you prance all over your ass. Don't you dare? <laughs> that guy, he's awesome. But you know, it's like you know, I grew Did up with all see- these. Bro, I want to kill you real quick. There's this movie out. Uh, some guy, he doesn't speak a word of English apparently, but he he is the spitting image of Charles Bronson, and they made a, they made a new Death Wish style movie with this guy. 
But I but saw a clip of that. Charles Bronson. Yo, bro, I saw it. I forget the title, but I because my brother told me about it. I'm like, stop lying. And when I saw this movie, I was like, yo, Charles Bronson back from the dead? Stop lying. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know I mean? remember seeing a clip of that a while ago. He looks just like him, man. Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, that, the Clint movies and all, I get you, man. Yeah, we grew up in a different era with, with some pretty cool stuff that people now will say, oh, it's Matista, Matista. You know, Razor Ramon, yeah. rest in peace, bro, Matismo, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, yeah, that's what I grew up with. I didn't have any, 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 uh, like, brown actors in front of me, you know, and it wasn't a big deal. I mean, we like had me mascaras. But to be honest, we had mil mascaras in Spanish language, but he was always wearing a mask, so you could never really tell if he was a Latino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's got a mask on, yeah. And then, you know, my yeah. parents or my mom would watch, my family would watch, like, uh, Sabado, Sabado Gigante, and then, like... Um, oh, Don Francisco and them, yeah. Don Francisco, yeah. Yeah, Chisperito. Chisperito, El Chavo, a salute to them, too. Yeah, I got uh, what was it? Cantin, Flas, uh, 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 what, what? Oh my God! I, I mentioned this other guy the other day that he used to do a lot of. Uh, one of my first Spanish language comic books was a uh, Spanish language uh, comic book that I shouldn't have been reading. Meant, <laughs> meant for adult for adults, you know what I mean? It yeah. was on that um, very adult. I oh mean, what's his name? I forgot. I said it the other day, but it was that. It was just crazy stuff. It was fun. Because uh, I was exposed to both English and Spanish language when I was yeah. growing up, you know? So I was lucky. Were you? I mean, as, as somebody was, that, you know, you said your family from El Salvador. I know you grew up in Cali, but did you have any exposure to, to Latin heroes? Uh, not Latin heroes, no. No, most of my, all. Uh, all, all my cowboys have all, always been white. So, you know. <laughs> Two gun kick, kick, you know, I get you, but. <laughs> Bendito. You know, but they know. We, we were so underprivileged because we had cowboys. Oh, geez, mm -hmm. yo. Yeah. I mean, and it's unfortunate. Hopefully, maybe you could be the man that could bring up their stories. Uh, I don't mean, that's a lot of pressure. You <laughs> <A lot of> said, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hold on, but it's shut up, Al. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, just like you, it wasn't a big deal to us. Uh, if, if you grew up like I did, you yeah. know, and just watching these characters and everything, the only time that I really did notice uh, was one, one day I was thinking, oh, you know, I remember when I used to pretend, oh, I want to make a movie and I'm going to cast such this person, this person, this person. And like, okay, well, they're all white actors. You know, in my mind, I was just so used to seeing a certain type of person on television. And so when I wanted to create something, that's the type of person that I was going to. Yeah. You know? I guess. So. But, uh, you know, time, you know, things are different. There's Times more changing and it's yeah. good. I mean, we need yeah. that. And again, I didn't realize how much I needed it until I experienced, you know, it on an emotional level. Like, you know, when I saw it, I was like, why am I feeling like this? Holy shit. <laughs> this like, Al Mega has feelings. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, either that or I'm just getting older and just becoming a damn softy. You know, as yeah. I get no, but no, I'm only playing. At the end of the day, it's really just humanity. We want to see ourselves in, in a lot of things. And it's a beautiful thing. It's going important. On. Just so, so long as it's done in the right way, in a positive way, That not, mm -hmm. not that you're trying to force things, but you do things naturally. I think that's important. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you're doing what you're doing here. Right, yeah. with, with this awesome stuff. But are you gonna uh, do any side stuff outside of this type of stuff right now, or is this gonna be your main focus? Get these five stories done, you know that that, that you asked for, and then move on. I mean, what's the plan in the Romero verse? Um, the plan is just taking it one step at a time, and kind of I like the analogy of 
you can only see so far as your headlights. If you're driving at night, you're going someplace. Mm. You know where you're going, but you can only see so far as far as your headlights. So I, as even though I'm I thinking, my LED so I could see further. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even though you know you you know where you're going, you can only see so far. But I'm still thinking about the future, so I'd like to finish these up. Um, and possibly see if there's another author that has stories that I'd like to adapt, you know, um, and then I, I would like to. Do you have anyone in mind? I don't Do have I anyone don't. in mind. Can you tease? No, I don't. Um, Are you teasing I'm, me, bro? Sure. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I <laughs> swear. because I have to read the stories, which, like I said, I have very little time. And then I have to find stories that I like and contact that author and see if they're willing to work out an, uh, an agreement of some sorts too. So, you know, I want to ask this because I know, yeah. I, you know, as a Latino, um, mm-hmm. this kind of stuff sometimes in our culture, is seen as kid stuff. You know, they don't see right. it as a serious art form. Um, right. Did you ever have to uh, deal with that? And if so, you know, how did you fight it or did you not deal with it? And, Lucky boy. <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't really deal with it. I mean, when I was growing up, uh, I, I had no problem telling people that I was into comics. It was. It was just something I, I really enjoyed. And as I, I grew up making them, I would tell people, "Yeah, I make comics." And um, whether or not it was accepted, it's 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 what the, the it's what I'm doing. It's what I love to do. So it, it's yeah. you know, it, it it wasn't a kids kids stuff to me. It was just great stories and great art you know, together. You know, it's, it's I a great. Feel you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what I tell people. Like, you know, you're a talent that like, you know, like George Perez has cancer, right? And uh, not yeah. for nothing, you know, uh, in Puerto Rico, you know, just like most Latin countries, you know, comic book art is seen as kid things. And, and then mm-hmm. art, art, traditional art is like, oh, that's, that's art. Comic book art is kid things. So it's like, here we have the most amazing one of, the, one of the most amazing Latino artists of all time in comic books. But what's happening? Why are we not celebrating him before he leaves us? It's... The culture we, is fucked up. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> we're creatures of habit, right? So we get used to doing something for so long that it takes so long for us to change our habits you know, and that's mm-hmm. one of the th- things that going on with the diversity is getting pushed back. And, you know, I can understand, I can understand why this pushed back because it's a change. And every time there's something changes, people don't agree with it. And it, it takes time for it to become the norm, you know, become accepted. And, um, and if anybody says, you know, look, you know, comics is kid stuff. Well, I, the first thing that comes to mind is look at artists that influenced me in the past, uh, Jeffrey or, or Catherine Jones, Jeffrey Catherine Jones, um, you know, Oof. Uh, Oof. Bernie Wrightson. I would put Oof. any Bernie Wrightson's, any of his Frankenstein plates next to artists f- from what, 100, 150 years ago, uh, engravings. I mean, preach. It's, preach. It's hard to deny that his skill level is not up to par with the, the older artists. Wrightson was a master at his mm-hmm. craft. Rest in peace, yo. Salute to the Wrightson yeah. family, yo, because Wrightson was, a, that's one of the few creators, you know, that I did not get to meet in life, and I, I'm so, as a horror fan, it just breaks my heart that I never got to meet, you know, the man that drew, you know, Swampy, you know, Frankenstein, and so much other crazy, crazy yeah. Artwork. I mean, 
Again, but this is why, you know, now we get into that moment, bro. Let me tell you, Oscar, thank you. Just, you know, as a fan to a creator, just thank you for, you know, putting your stuff out there, being brave enough to do that. Thank you for your service, bro. Thank you for everything you do, everything you've done and everything you will do to keep us entertained and inspired and motivated, you know what I mean? And, and educated because this stuff, I mean, this, I, I, this writer I was very unfamiliar with. But then I'm reading, like, this is so HP, Lovecraft, like, all right, I'm hooked. I got to find everything homie got now, thanks to Oscar, because uh, I really love that, that, you know, you put me onto something that I was unfamiliar with. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that's what a lot of people are finding out. It's like, well, I didn't know about this author. And, you know, he's an obscure pulp writer, and he's best known for – you know, being a close confidant to H.P. Lovecraft, they, you know, they hung out together in mm. Rhode Island over there, you know, and yeah, they were getting drunk at the bar somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would spend a lot of times looking for the, the, the dark swamp, some like this swamp that was dark. I guess they had something bad in it and they would look, look for it at night. They'd go out trying to find it. Wait, you know, but, this thing exists. So Oscar, do yeah. you want if you had a chance to say, okay, Let's go after the mysterious dark swamp. Would you go for it? Do a mission. Do a whole. Let's. You know what, folks? I think we need to make this happen. Copyright, right here. Uh, it, but for me, it's for all for Oscar. Uh, it, if he has me as a dead body and, and kind of like kind of the flashbacks, I'll be happy with that. We need to make a show on that. Finding the dark swamp. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. Let's find the dark swamp. Let's get let's get Travel Channel to hook up with us. Let's find the Dark Swamp. <laughs> yeah, if they're looking for Bigfoot, why not the Dark Swamp? Hey, why not? If they're looking for Bigfoot. We got to find the swamp too. But Oscar, <laughs> you've been amazing. I've been showing your, your your stuff off all day long. But I didn't mention this yet. Uh, no, so before we go, just before right. we go, just in the last couple of minutes, talk to me about Poor Man's Press, Poor Man's Art, and why Poor Man's. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. First, it was Poor Man's Art, and um, I, I was I was looking for a, a site name, and that just came, popped in my head because I have never had, like, a real studio. I've moved around so much. I mean, hell, when I was in France, I painted uh, – I was painting in, in our bathroom, and European bathrooms Damn. are tiny. You know, European you – know, oh, not really? like ours. Yeah, they're not like ours where they have – we have jacuzzis here and, you know, tubs. They have stand-up showers. They're, they're usually pretty small, you know. So basically, it's a rumor. Get your business done and get out. <laughs> That's it, man. Just probably a little bigger than you would find on a, on a sailboat, you know, in all honesty. Oh, damn. Yeah. Stop lying. Was, really? Yeah, yeah. Yo. It's pretty, pretty – yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I've always had to do – make do with what I have, you know, as far as studio-wise. I have to, you know, okay. bust all my easels out, my paintings. And after I'm done, I have to put them away because – you know, I'm, I'm painting in the living room one day. I'm painting in the bathroom next day, and in, in, uh, in the bedroom the next day. I, at one point, my studio was in a walk-in closet when I was living. In, oh God, damn! I love yeah, this. California. Where's Oscar's studio? Wherever the <laughs> hell I could work. <laughs> so, uh, so that's one of the reasons of poor man's art. It's like you know, just making do with what, doing the best I can with what I have. You know. I feel you, especially so. today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I think awesome. if you do that, if you're able to do a lot with the little, 
by the time you do get the resources, then you can you're more prepared to do more. Hopefully, so. That's digging. And are these the only sources we can find you are on? Because again, we need people to know when the next books are coming out, and also is this where you can find out about the latest and greatest as well? Yeah. Do you yeah. These are the. On these? These are the only two. I mainly use Instagram, and I also do have a um, a newsletter that I would encourage people to sign up for. Really um, good, and awesome. Yeah, so you can you can find that you can sign up through my any of those websites: poormanspress.com, poormansart.com. So all they got to do uh, there is sign up, and they get updates. Yeah, and I only send things send the e- newsletter when I have something new or something to say. I don't uh, you know bombard the emails you know inboxes. So we're not getting spam. We're getting real information. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I dig that. You know, Oscar, you've been nothing but an amazing, amazing guest, bro. I dig the energy. I dig what you're doing. I'm digging your art style. I need to make an art piece of Mega as a zombie. Like this, though, with the tombstones and all. I want to see that guy <laughs> yeah. like, walking around like, ah. So, you got it, man. <laughs> you know, so you do commissions? Do um, you do I commissions? Don't know. I don't normally do commissions, actually, just because I don't have time. Um, and uh, but you know what, my friend, I do cons with. He's like, you know, you gotta do commissions, you know, because people make good money commissions. But I, I can't do Whoa, the superhero. You, you're a fantastic artist. Yeah, but I can't do the superhero stuff. Not because I don't want to like it, but I, I don't feel like I could do it justice like some other artists at conventions can. So I don't want you to do a superhero. I want you to do. <laughs> Draw me. I'll send you a dumbass picture. So long as it looks like me facially, oh my cap, dress me up in like as, as a uniform, as the comic crusader. Wepa, we're done. I'm good. <laughs> Use your imagination, bro. Let's get it done. Let's talk. Uh, but with that, yo, know, please again, I'm gonna repeat it one last time, folks. I need you to go visit Oscar's website, poormanspress.com, poormansart.com. Please visit the big homie. Follow, sub on Instagram, Oscar Romero, 1319 on Instagram. On Facebook, it is Rome, R-O-O-E. Hit it, follow, sub, support. This is what independent creators look like. You know what I mean? This is what they do. He got amazing books. He put me on to something new that I'm already digging as a fan of Lovecraft. So, Yo, just for that, bro, I just want to thank you, bro, because you gave me something new to obsess over. Uh, my wife may not be so happy, but, but, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, folks, you know what to do. Alto tells you everything. But please, yo, my boy Johnny Hughes has been working overtime on outside the panel, so I need you to check him out uh, on that He's been smashing crazy interviews over the uh, past week. I mean, ending with Carla Pacheco for Marvel, hysterical interview. She is hilarious. Yo, thank you, Carla, for that. Um, you know, of course, check out the TDC that is coming out tomorrow, the Film Crusade, all about uh, DC Comics. No Price Podcast next Tuesday. We got Awesome Source Radio tomorrow at 9 with uh, an amazing voice actor. Please visit Awesome Source Radio so you can see who the hell we're talking about because it's going to be a fun one. And with that, I'm Al Mega with the amazingly talented Oscar Romero. Come because it's podcast and we are para la próxima, mi gente. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. 
Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 